Hello and welcome to The Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the 80th episode in a weekly series called Colin! <laughs> Here with me is Krista <laughs> Hauser from Fish Column Games and Jessica Johnson from Girl Girl Trouble Time. Welcome, ladies. So Hello. Nice Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Last week's episode was a discussion with Jerry Ellsworth. Actually, no. Last week's episode was a discussion with me about all the shows that I am guesting on recently and some of the news for Gray Area Podcast. So if you'd like to add to the forum discussion, visit www.genesee.com and tell me your story. Today is, what is it, Monday, September 10th, and we're going to meet the ladies, talk about packs and some gaming news. So first news. I don't know if you're playing Guild Wars 2, either of you. Yes. You are. I've heard a lot of buggy beginnings with this, with people having lots of login issues. And what they're saying is that there were 8,500 support requests related to hacked accounts, and that hackers have been compiling a list of emails related to the game. So if you don't want your account hacked, don't use the same email address and password for Guild Wars 2 that you've used for another game or website. Duh. Yikes. So, have you had issues with login? Oh, I, sadly, I have not had enough time to play Guild Wars. I got it on my computer yesterday or day before. I was in the beta, so I knew what I was getting into, and I was fairly excited. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I haven't actually, I've gotten to put in like an hour of playtime so far. And I think all my problems are related to a really crappy shared internet connection. <laughs> okay, so you can't blame them for that. <laughs> nope. Well, see, this is kind of the way to go, I found. If you can just hang on for a week or two after a launch, then they've pretty much fixed all that stuff by the time you get in. And everybody's out of the starting area, and then you don't feel like you're competing for all the resources. It's actually a smarter way to go. That's kind of like a general, like, universal law of gaming, you know? It's like, you should know. A new game comes out, it has servers. Things are going to be crappy. This is true. And then you're going to have lots for of For a while. <laughs> it's like, just shut up. Go play solitaire <laughs> or something. <laughs> Put your big girl pants on and wait two weeks. Yeah, it doesn't matter how big or how good or how prepared the game company is. Like, this happens every time. And everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's not going to happen with this game. Yeah, it is. It happened with the last game. It's going to happen with the next game. It's, yeah, like... People were complaining about, like, the Old Republic launch and, um, oh, what was the other one? Oh. Um, the Secret World, was it? Oh, um, Diablo. Yeah. People were complaining about Diablo. It doesn't matter what game it is. It doesn't matter how big the company is. They're still going to have problems. That's just how, how it goes. Mm -hmm. I always imagine that they kind of have a target audience and they figure such and such amount of people will log in. And what happens is the first week everybody's really excited to play. So you have like three times the actual amount of people that are going to stick with the game. And they all hit mm -hmm. the server the first day and then everybody in the entire company goes, Oh my God! And all the <laughs> servers like crash. And I'm sure it's really horrible to work the first week of any huge MMO release. I don't think I caught that. I think you need to tell me how that goes again. 
<laughs> How did that go? Can we oh get like God. visual on this too? <laughs> <laughs> no. You can't. But yeah, I would think that it would be very stressful. I have to wonder though if um, maybe companies like Blizzard that have been doing this for some time kind of have like an expectation of how bad things will get and like if they rate themselves on if it gets worse or better and if that like is a measure of success in some way you, know? you think they have war stories like the diablo <laughs> people get together with the wow people and they go well first day for us we had five servers crash and 1500 people yes you think they do that i hope so <laughs> that sounds too. awesome <laughs> Okay, more news. Valve. This is the Valve news. You may have noticed that Project Greenlight was announced uh, a month or two ago with Valve, and they have announced to cut down some noise in the system. They are now going to charge a one-time per developer fee of $100 because people were submitting ridiculous things like Bioshock 5 and all sorts of apps <laughs> that had nothing to do with anything that would be real. And uh, this is their way of weeding out idiocy to make sure that you have some sort of semi-seriousness if you're a developer. Now, I don't know what happens if you submit and you pay your $100 and you're denied if you get a <laughs> refund for that or if it's just considered part of the the fee itself. But the proceeds do go to Penny Arcade's Child's Play charity, so even if you don't get it back, you've done something nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair, too. It <laughs> Hopefully you would get that back in Steam. If you're going to create some asinine app or game, you kind of deserve to shell out a little bit of money for wasting people's time. <laughs> this is true. I mean, I'm sure you've paid more than $100 in your development, hopefully, or else you're just really like doing it all yourself, and then you should pay yourself more than $100 for the time you spent. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, if you're if you're putting through a game hoping that Valve decides to publish it, I, I mean, the shot at Valve publishing your game, kind of worth $100. Yeah, yeah, it is. And is that tax deductible as well since it's going to charity? I would assume so. Yeah. So I think, you know, everybody wins in the long run. It sounds like it. I just logged into Steam after being out for a couple weeks, and it looks like there's a lot of changes on the site. Um, it seemed like there was something for used games. Um, just, let me see, actually. Let's see. Something called Looking to Play and Looking to Trade in Friends, which maybe huh. is like your own forum where you can go in there and they're not directly like facilitating that, but it, it seems maybe <laughs> to be more of a forum where you can just post and let people know. And they also have a screenshot option uh, where if you take screenshots in a game, Steam will hold them, and you can actually hear it make like a camera sound, so you know. Because what happens to me is I, I take screenshots in game, and I never know if it's going to be F12 or it's going to be print screen, because all games have their own personal way to do that. And then mm -hmm. the whole time I'm going, oh, I really hope I got that, and then, you know, digging through my C drive trying to find out if I've saved it. Now you won't have to do that because you can hear it when you take the proper screenshot. It makes a noise, and it comes up in Steam, and you can actually post directly through Steam to Facebook or to any of your other like social media without having to, you know, dig it out of your hard drive and figure out where it is. That's cool. Yeah. I, like I can that. never find my screenshots. <laughs> well, some <laughs> games you can't take screenshots, and I believe Diablo was one of those. You have to go through some other intermediary program. So I don't know if that means you can now do it through through a Steam or if you still have to go through that, and it only takes it for, for ones that are already built in to do that. So we'll have to see. I'll have to take more screenshots. 
Hmm. Very interesting. I remember clicking on somebody's link to their screenshots, and I believe it was through Steam, and I wasn't logged into Steam, and so it, like, got angry at me. Oh. It's very strange. So I wonder if there's, like, privacy settings or something like that. There are. You can do a public post, or you can have it private or friends only. So perhaps um, that person had it just for friends only or something. And you... That jerk. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> you cannot see my screenshot. <sighs> Put it on Facebook to taunt me. That's right. I hate that when people have links on Facebook that are completely invalid. Right. <laughs> or the links to other people's Facebooks that you're not friends with, and then you go there and it just denies you. Like, you're, you're not a friend, cannot see it. Oh, yeah, you get a really weird message if, um, like, so the way that this has come up for me before is people will be like, oh, yeah, there's this really cool photo of me from way back whenever, and then they'll link it to you, and um, it's that same thing where it's their fr it's set to, like, only their friends can view it, and it's a picture of them, but it's a picture that somebody else that you're not friends with has posted. And they have the weirdest error message. Like, it doesn't say, like, you can't view this, sorry. Um, it just, like, you're like, it's this huge error message where you're like, whoa, what did I do? I broke Facebook. <laughs> uh, Overcomplicated, for sure. Gibson. So news for Ubisoft uh, this week. Possible DRM reforms. Uh, the company has pulled the plug on the idea that always on DRM will be in all future titles, and they've kind of said that now you'll have the option to install a game and it will check periodically, but you can also play it offline, which will make a lot of people happy because they really hate that feature. And also, mm -hmm. some news in Ubisoft, uh, there was a leak. <laughs> One of our friends that we <laughs> shall not name did a Twitter post uh, of a piece of swag that she received, which was the Wii U, which has not been released to the public yet, and <gasps> the picture is now out, and you can look at it and say, hmm, it's not anything I don't think anyone was expecting. It's black, and it looks like you expected it to do, and it has a cord, but uh, there's been some smackdown from Nintendo about that. Oh, uh -oh. wait, so what are they upset about? They're just upset that so somebody shared something? I believe that there's no pictures allowed to be posted and that everyone who has received this swag has signed an NDA saying that they will oh. not speak about it. And then they posted a Twitter picture saying, like, look at my new swag. Oh, kind of like the guy every year who leaves his iPhone in a bar. Every year. Yes, that guy. The one that I'm sure is hired specifically by Apple to just leave it in a bar. It's George's <laughs> year. Don't you think? I mean, that just yeah. can't happen. No, I don't believe that stuff's accidental for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is two yeah, weeks he's just like a, what, like he's a temporary employee or just like, or just like George is looking to retire. So they're right. All right, George, this is your way out the door. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> you know they have to technically, quote unquote, fire that guy. Do they? Does anyone ever follow up to see what happens to poor George? No, probably not. Got drunk in a bar and <laughs> sat down, left his phone. They probably give him a new identity because they're Apple and they can afford that. <laughs> and he's back doing the same thing. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, you also have to wonder uh, how many people actually recognize the fact that it is a next-gen phone. So maybe he has to actually leave that phone in a bar like five times before someone really realizes that it's something worth, like, newsworthy that they would report it. <laughs> You know, how many times has someone just picked it up and put it in, the, like, the lost and found and it just sat there for six months? True. I wonder I wonder if he is even actually leaving it in a bar 
Maybe he's meeting somebody at the bar and he just happens to leave his phone in front of them as he walks oh, up. Oh, I see. <laughs> Man, this is conspiracy beautiful here. A child conspiracy. Who's suspicious of Apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That is the news of the week. So, how about you, ladies? It's new with you. Uh, oh, so our company just uh, had a big press release the other day. So Fifth Column has this press release. There's this top secret project we have been working on for a really long time, and we were not allowed to talk about it whatsoever. So um, we're actually partnering with NBA 2K. So the next NBA 2K uh, game that comes out, um, we're developing their Facebook game, which is going to be 2K Sports' first social game ever. Um, and what's going to happen is... Like, your avatar in the game will be transported into your Facebook game, I believe. Um, and so you will have your character in both the console and the Facebook game. And the two will actually kind of talk to each other. And that things that you do in the console game will tie into your Facebook game and affect them. And, like, you can only get certain things in one by doing the other and vice versa. So like players that you will make friends with or like have on your team, they'll show up in your Facebook game, like at your house or um, like uh, whatever your environment is. Oh, neat. Yeah. And then things that you do in your Facebook game will affect like players that you can get or something like that. Um, I don't know like all details of how everything is going to tie together, but yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, and we just did, like I said, if you want to check out, I know I posted it a few days ago on my Facebook. Um, and I have a bunch of public stuff, so that's pretty easy to find. Um, but yeah, we are doing their Facebook game. And uh, we also found out the other day that Pawn Stars, which is uh, one of our games, uh, is, I guess, I guess Facebook games have sort of a shelf life and they don't do very well after X amount of time. Um, and we found out that after well over a year, Pawn Stars is one of the top three Facebook games right now. And we had our high, like our best month a few months ago. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So we're pretty excited to be able to talk about our top secret project now. Well, I'm interested in this uh, NBA. So is this like uh, the social aspect of the game is going to affect your actual gameplay? So do you have to, in your social aspect, like woo other players like like Elton Brand, like hang out with him for five hours until you can recruit him in your NBA game. Yeah, like definitely stuff like that. I'm not, like I said, I don't know exactly like what the mechanics are, but yeah, definitely stuff like that. And it's not like everything that you can do with the the tie-in between the games is a bonus. So it's not like you can't play your game without the tie-in and without doing the Facebook game. But if you play the Facebook game, it will definitely make your game better in the console. And if you play the console game, it'll make your Facebook game better. I would like matching bro shirts if I play. (laughs) That would be fun. Nice. Okay, well, you've been working really hard on that, I know. Oh my gosh, I stayed up till like, I was at work until at least 1am, like three days last week. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to continue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Working late Cody. to make the internet an awesome place. Also, this is going to make me sound really terrible, but um, I don't, I work in the social gaming industry. I do not play social games on my Facebook. I don't, I don't like them. I've played two social games ever that don't belong to my company. No, one. I've only played one social game ever that my company didn't make and um, up until I started there, and then I had to. Uh, 
Farmville 2 uh-huh. is a ridiculously adorable game. It looks like Harvest Moon. It's three-dimensional. It's adorable. And everybody at work started playing it, and they were like, you have to try it. And I'm, no, no, hell no. Uh, and then finally, they I walked over to someone's computer, and they had it on, and I was like, what is that? And they were like, oh, this is Farmville 2. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. But yeah, <laughs> I started playing it, and it's adorable, and it's actually quite enjoyable for a Facebook game. Farmville is very So addictive. people need to come play Farmville 2 with me on Facebook. No, I deny yeah. all no, social need- gaming requests on Facebook. Everybody that's listening to this that likes to play games on Facebook should come find me on Facebook and play Farmville 2 with me. <laughs> you, will, you will not suck me that into that. I used to play that. game will never come out because she's busy playing Farmville 2. <laughs> Sorry, oh gosh, don't Colin. say that. Wow. Now I have to tell my company not to listen to this podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no. You hear me, Jace? <laughs> no, it's research. You're doing research to better your understanding of what you're making. It is research. Clearly. That's a successful game, and I would like to try and figure out why it's so successful so that I can utilize those tools in the future to better my company. You are the queen of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Jessica, what's your news of the week? What? Oh, um, well, I went to PAX. Yay! <laughs> I survived another year without getting the plague, and oh, nice. uh, and Girl Girl Travel Time is moving along nicely. We're ready to move uh, into production next month. We're on schedule for that, so hopefully we'll have lots of juicy tidbits later on this year for you. Well, this is first season, correct? Yeah. The so first season. tell the listeners what that is, because they don't know. Dear listeners, Girl Girl Trouble Time is a web series, <laughs> a live action web series about a superhero and a villain, and they become roommates, except they don't know that one is a superhero and one is a villain. It's like Mr. It- and Mrs. Smith, but not romantic. Yeah, there's there's no there's no kissing. I know. describe it as like it's sort of like really random and hilarious and amazing, like a real life adventure time. Yes. If you could oh. imagine adventure time to be real life, it would be like that. And Krista stars in it alongside me. Um Woot. she plays Wonder Kitten, the noble heroine, and I am Katika, the clumsy, nerdy villain girl, and yeah, so um, we actually have a website, girlgirltroubletime.com, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash girlgirltroubletime, so if you want to find out more, just hit those up. Got lots of stuff for you there. So how do you change into your superhero outfits without your roommate seeing? Because that's really the hardest part of being roommates with someone. Um, well, you know... Genesee, when a girl and another girl <laughs> live together, <laughs> they, they talk about the things that, you know, the rules for, for living together. Like, this is private, this is not private. No, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Do tell my roommate didn't have those rules. <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell you that's privileged information at the moment. Okay. You run into the communal dorm bathroom and whip out the other side on your outfit. Yeah, we just slap on like a, a tie on the doorknob and go inside. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then we go out. I, the I don't think that's what I was taught that that meant. No, <laughs> no. You. What? I misunderstood college. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. What college did you go to? <laughs> you you pull the fire alarm because you know that happens all the time, and I always wonder why. <laughs> No, I yeah. Yeah, uh, almost start a fire with a toaster once. Really? Yeah. How were you using this toaster? We had to evacuate the building because somebody couldn't use a toaster. Oh, my. Is this the oven kind or the kind that pops up? Oh, no, like a Pop-Tart po- toaster. Like, uh, not even... Yeah, I don't even know. Pop-Tarts, you yeah. say. My friend set a sheet on fire and threw it down the laundry chute. <laughs> we, we also had to evacuate. What? <laughs> Why would you throw it on the laundry chute? Why is that the answer? I think she just panicked when she noticed it was on fire and the laundry chute <laughs> just happened to be there. It wasn't well thought out. No. Uh, <laughs> um, a long time ago, my niece came up to me and she says, I'm going to show you the, the human intelligence tests. And I was like, okay. She's like, here's what you do. You take a lighter, you flick it on, and you shove it in somebody's face. And the way they respond determines how intelligent they are. Most people will, like, back away or try to push it away, but smart people will blow it out. You try that at the next party you're at, and you will see. You'll know. I know I always try to blow You want us to think that all of our friends are stupid. That's what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) The takeaway from this podcast is that Jessica wants you to know how stupid your friends really are. Well, Jessica, let's just take a poll of how many people in that party have colored and possibly dry hair from all of the bleaching, and then let's not shove fire in their faces. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. So- <laughs> that shit just lights on fire. Yeah, plus it's a party and everyone's drinking, so they blow on it, you're more like going to cause a... <laughs> that's right. If you have more than a 0.5 blood level of alcohol, you will, you will be a human blowtorch. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I kind of want to see that though. So who knows? Next party, <laughs> we're doing that. Our fallout party. We're having a fallout party later. That just this sounds month. way oh, too really? perfect. Oh yeah. That's news. <laughs> Talk about that. Oh yes. So we have been saving bottle caps forever <laughs> because we have been dying to throw a theme party um, <clears throat> for Fallout, like Fallout Three, mm-hmm. all the original ones. Um, so our one of our roommates' birthday is coming up, so he made a cute little art thing with um, the Pit Boy stuff and everything. Where our house is normally called Geek House, but we're calling it Vault Sixty Nine because we're mature. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. People are supposed to show up costume. Um, they'll get extra bottle caps if if they're costumed, and then we'll have like some little like really easy mini games, and we're gonna have a bartender that uh, we're keeping track of. Well, I, I don't know how long this is gonna last at the party, but our thinking is using little those little colored dot stickers to track your your rads, and so based on like how many drinks you've had, you get a sticker and that sort of thing. If you drink more water. That sort of thing you get less. I don't know. There was some discussion about whether or not drinking water would up your rads since in the game it's contaminated. So we'll see about that. But yeah, it's going to be really fun. We're going to have all the usual stuff. We we have like a fire pit and everything. I don't know. Are you going to we... call the punch bowl megaton? Well, of course. <laughs> so how do the bottle caps factor into this? 
So the bottle caps will get you uh, better drinks, because um, <laughs> normally we have... Better being rated on a scale of... <laughs> more alcohol, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, it's kind of up to the guy that's going to be our bartender. But normally we put all of our beer in our washing machine, because we're classy, classy motherfuckers, and we oh, like okay. put ice in there. So people usually just go and take beer from there. But if they want like a mixed drink, they have to pay with bottle caps, that sort of thing. So, I see. That's our plan. But I don't know how long that'll last, because usually you kind of reach, like, this cusp where everybody's really drunk and everybody just kind of forgets to do things, so <laughs> you just keep drinking. <laughs> this whole beer in the washing machine thing, like, yeah. what happens after the beer is gone from the washing machine? Like The ice melts and you just run the last part of the cycle where it drains the water. Wow. Okay. It's pretty creative. I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are geniuses here. Handmade keg. <laughs> this is why you have a top loading. I want to know what's new with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Someone else in yeah. land. I, I mean. Um, I have the possibility of a panel coming up in Ooh. January for MAGFest on women in gaming, which I'm Sweet. waiting to get approved. And if it does get approved, I will announce to my listeners, and hopefully people can go. Um, MAGFest is in Washington, D.C., and uh, it's a kind of smaller con, like 16,000 or so, but I've never done a panel, so I'm kind of freaking. Still a lot of people, technically speaking. If they all showed up, it would be a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, it would be a lot of people. Um, So I'm going to hopefully do that with uh, two of the nine the listeners probably know that uh, the game that I'm the community manager for, Genesis, has nine uh, women who cosplay and they are contributing to the game and they GM the games at cons and stuff. Really uh, very talented in uh, tabletop roleplay games. They're very experienced in building them and playing them. And so they're going to come with me and kind of cover that aspect. So it'll be fun. Like all three of us will hang out and, you know, go to the con. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully. And I don't know, there's a couple more things coming up in January, more more conventions and stuff, but otherwise, pretty much the listeners know everything I'm up to. <laughs> Not that. Just busy, like regular stuff, you know? Uh, every Wednesday, I have, I've gotten affiliated with a website called International House of Geek, and every Wednesday we have debates on ridiculous subjects. Is like, that what you kept asking on Facebook? Which is better? Yes. <laughs> yes, because I always know nothing about the topic. Uh, like, I haven't seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles since 1985, I think, when they were on TV and I was like a little kid. And I feel See? <laughs> and so they're like, uh, we need to have a debate and you're going to be Michelangelo and you need to sit here and like tell the world why he's the best turtle ever. And I'm, I'm going, I, have no, I don't even... I haven't seen this in a really long time. So I'm researching like Wikipedia and learning all about Michelangelo and like just just like making up stuff on the debate. And then we did Final Fantasy, which is the best Final Fantasy. And I've played 7, 8, and 13, but it's been a long time because, you know, that's like old school uh, PlayStation. So it's been a long time since I've played those either. And I'm trying. I can't remember what you guys picked, but I remember disagreeing with it. Oh, you did for the Final Fantasy? Yeah. I can't remember which Final Fantasy you picked, but I remember you saying which one you guys had decided was the best. And I was like, no, 
I think Final Fantasy VI Obviously it was six. It was six. I believe that's what oh, Okay, because I thought, like, you were saying it was a different, like, eight or something. And I was like, it is not oh, eight. No. But people thought eight was uh, graphically, it was a big step up. Uh, eight graphically. It was a but the step story from was kind seven of to eight, but it wasn't the best game. Yes. Well, I think you're correct. I think six is what won that debate. <laughs> yeah, better um, be because it is the best. That's the correct. <laughs> See, you should have been in the debate. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next oh. one they want to do is either Dragon Ball Z or comics, and I've said oh. I I feel we need to do a debate on what's the best cheeseburger because that I feel yes. much more qualified about that than I do Dragon Ball Z or comics. I would yeah. love to get on in on that Chicken one. Oh my gosh. People have suggested what's the best uh, Star Trek captain or... How about everybody argues about that? They do. What was the other one? What's the best uh, Zelda game? That was another one that was suggested. So I'm not sure what we'll argue about, but it's just really for the <laughs> arguing. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, that's. I will let people know. There's there's talk of auctioning off an interview with whoever donates the most money to a said charity. So I may be having a charity auction soon, where uh, listeners can make bids on being being interviewed, and whoever gives the most will get to be interviewed. That's awesome. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move to packs because that is you guys look like you had so much fun, and I'm so jealous. I'm going to have to smack you, Jessica, because you hung out with Jerry Ellsworth, <laughs> and I kind of hate you. <laughs> but only a little bit. Only a little. I've known her for a little while now, so. I know you have. So you. I missed her last year, and she was actually out here in San Francisco for GDC, and I never managed to run into her. You know, it's one of those things where you're just, like, texting, I'm here. And the other person's like, well, I'm over here. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll see you later. And then later, you're just like, where are you at? I'm at so-and-so. And you just That's never, like. their internet was a lie, and there was no reception. You couldn't even get a text message. Yeah, the convention hall's kind of a black hole of signal for most phones. Oh. Andrew, of course. His text messages work just fine, but <laughs> I'm the one who had all the phone numbers and people who were trying to contact. So it was like, all right, well, so I started putting the time at the end of my messages. And people are like, yeah, I get it like 10 minutes later. <laughs> oh, well, I kind of remember uh, going to convention with a bunch of people once and we did something where, and I want to, I want to say it's through google like i know we had a google doc for events we were doing but there was something where you could like join a group and then you could all yeah. just see each we other's had messages it's called yeah, group, group me and it's an app and it's really brilliant but if you don't sign up for the app it's free but if you don't get the app you can still be added to group me but if you are apparently it does some sort of like massive attack on your phone oh. and people were complaining and they were like ah my phone is getting slammed i can't handle it and i i don't know what that's like because as a responsible um technology user i went and downloaded the free app uh, and you can turn off the notifications and things like that, but uh, that's what we used, but still no internet connection that was reliable. And I had four bars the whole time, and I was on my 4G, and I still couldn't get text messages for some reason. Yeah, You were like well, in a time vortex or something. I assure you the rest of PAX was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Talk me through how you guys ended up, like, registration all the way through, because I'm I'm going to live vicariously through you for this uh, year. Okay. Uh, 
I guess I'll go first. <laughs> so this was my eighth PAX. Um, I've been to everyone since 2005. And this was the first year that I, well, okay, I guess the last couple of years, I usually panic when, you know, it's time to buy the badge. But um, this was the first year that it actually was, there was reason to panic because the load was so bad. I guess they had switched to a different uh, service for ordering the badges online and they couldn't handle it. I somehow managed to get through on that website, the first website that they did. And so there there was like a it was it was really freaky though because they charged my card but I never received like confirmation email. So there was like you know, stress and anxiety over that, but right. basically, yeah. So that that whole ordeal was really it was actually really sad because a lot of my friends didn't get badges because it sold out. And when they finally brought it back up on the old service, it sold out like that day. And then the single day badges sold out like, you know, just like a few days later. And so, um, <clears throat> doing that, that was, that was crazy. And then, I don't know, like preparing I don't really prepare much anymore, except for I cosplayed this year for the first time ever. My friend and I were like, ooh, let's, let's we first we were going to cosplay as Borderlands 2 characters, but that was like, that was going to be too much of an endeavor. So, um, we decided to do Lookouts, which is a, an original Penny Arcade story. Um, okay. if any of you are familiar with that, a while ago they had done like a, they, they tried, you know, introducing new stories. One was the Automata, then there was Lookouts, which is like a fantasy type story. And then there was the New Kid, which was their space one. Um, so we did Lookouts, and there hasn't been... It, the Lookouts were always about like the boys, and they, they kind of come off as like the Boy Scout kind of thing in the fantasy world. They have to go out and learn to survive in the forest and fight, you know, these creatures... And they never really talk about the girls, but, you know, my friend and I were girls, so we want, totally want to dress like that. So we're like, sweet, they have little flowers in their hair, and it's really cute, and so we'll totally do that. So we made all that, and, and that was fun. And <laughs> nobody wanted our picture, because I don't think anybody knew what it was. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you guys were all really super cute, though. Somebody came up to me and was like, oh, thank goodness! Somebody finally here dressed in like Lord of the Rings cosplay. I'm like, what? Oh no! They thought you were elves or something. Yeah, we had the green. We we had green cloaks on. So I'm like, well, I sure as hell ain't a hobbit. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, oh. uh, we actually ran into Jerry. Yeah, uh, that's friends, and he was just like, oh my god, are you daughter? And I was like, yes, yes. So he totally, he told me a secret about the daughters from Lookout. Um, and then he was like, you have to act surprised when you read it. Okay. I was like, all right, I promise. Ooh. I'll act surprised. Yeah. Nice. So that was kind of, and then, um, I don't really plan much. Like every year we go to the front a lot concert, whichever night that was, that was like Saturday. Uh, I always go to the make a strip panel, which you watch, um, you watch Mike draw the strip for that following Monday while Jerry uh, answers questions and stuff. Um, we went to the Nerdcore hip-hop panel, 
which was MC Frontalot, Megaran, and Beefy, and they talked about like the origins of hip hop and how that bridges to nerdcore hip hop. Um, for those of you who don't know what nerdcore hip hop is, it's just what you think it is. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do we do? Uh, kept running into this girl dressed as like Commander Shepard. She had like pink hair. Uh, <laughs> who could that be? I was like trying to play Dance Central, and she was just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna videotape you!" And I'm like, "No!" <laughs> that sounds really annoying. I hope you punch her like everybody <laughs> likes to punch that stupid lady with her camera. <laughs> I came across her one time, and she's like, she like points and like demands that I get over there to her. I'm just like, "What?" It doesn't no. sound like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who could that uh, be? <laughs> yeah, there's just so much to do there. Um. I don't think we did any other pants. Oh no, never mind. I I managed to get into the Dungeons and Dragons panel, <clears throat> Acquisitions Incorporated, Ooh. where they all where you basically watch Mike, Jerry, Will Wheaton, Scott Kirk oh, play Dungeons and Dragons, and it is just they stream everything, so you know you can find everything online. But oh my gosh, it is just so amazing. Did um, he roll as badly as he usually does, Will Wheaton? Uh, yes, and in fact, he got so mad that he threw his die into <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> Everyone probably snatched that up. It's like catching a fly ball. Like, he didn't even, he, he let it land and nobody even had any time to look. He just goes, and throws it. <laughs> oh, man, it was scary. Because <laughs> it's yeah. always the dice. <laughs> but the first the first critical failure was Jerry, so they kept saying, oh, I pulled a Jerry. That's <laughs> no. pretty cute. Um, yeah. See, yeah, and then after that was the concert. Um, there's lots of parties to go to now. Lots of companies throw them. I only went to the the joystick um, Amazon one where they had Borderlands 2. Um, I didn't play it, though. I just hung out. Um, actually, Did you I see Mike and Newman there? I wanted to run into him. He us into the VIP area. Nice. I hope we weren't supposed to be there. Actually, he had me... <laughs> The, these guys kind of just snuck in because it, it, the VIP, VIP section was by its own little bar. And these dudes just kind of saunter in and, and we're like, who are they? So Mikey's like, you should go over there and ask them if they work for Gearbox. So I'm like, okay. You were the bouncer? They made you the bouncer then? I walk over and I put my arm around the guy. I'm like, hi there. How's it going? So who do you work for? And... <laughs> Uh, they're like, uh, I work for Gearbox. I'm like, really? Oh, so you must know Mikey. And Mikey comes over, and the guy's like, um, and Mikey's like, hi, where do you work? <laughs> guy's like, I work at Gearbox. And he's like, oh, so how come I've never seen you then? <laughs> oh, you hazed new people, and you weren't even supposed to be there. Yep. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Funny. Did you eject them then? <laughs> Uh, no, I think they hung around for a little bit, and then, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was, didn't get way packed till later when Randy Pitchford showed up, so, so it was, like, pretty much just a really chill hangout VIP section. All of my friends, including Krista, went to another party, so. Which night was this? <clears throat> Thursday night. That was Thursday. I don't remember what party was Thursday. I wanted uh, to go to Avery's Pax party, which was Thursday, and I was invited uh, to. The par- uh, which which party did you go to? 
Oh, you know what? Thursday, I ended up going to the Microsoft and um, Atari party, and it was awesome. I went to Avery's, and then I left, and I went to Microsoft, and uh, I don't know, like, how that was all worked out. I don't know how, like, the people throwing the party were, I don't know. I don't know how they do that. But there was Atari pasted everywhere, and it was the Microsoft party. So I'm assuming they were kind of in conjunction. It was cool. Ah. They had, like, old Atari games and free alcohol and free food and this setup rig. Um, this DJ, it just looked like he was in front of this giant piece of glass that had, I don't know, it was like something on a Mission Impossible. Like, there were all these images and moving and lights and, like, everything was really cool looking. But you could see it from behind it or in front of it. It was just a piece of glass with, like, he was interacting with it as if it were a computer. Mm. It was, I, I have a picture of it on my Facebook and my PAX album. Um, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was amazing. <laughs> uh, and it was just kind of in a dark little bar somewhere, and it was really low-key, and I really liked it. You could just talk to people. Nice. Not nearly as cool as Jessica's experience, but a fun party nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got free well drinks and talked mm-hmm. to people. <laughs> Although it was funny because um, I don't know who they had, like, uh hosting the announcements that they were doing, but this guy kept getting up there and saying everything wrong. And at one point, he got up there and was like, talking about, hey guys, you're liking Borderlands 2? Yeah. It's made by 2K Games, and everybody in the VIP section was like, what? (laughs) Like, they did not make it. (laughs) Z-Snap. Right, the riot of... It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. That's about as exciting as it got, but I didn't actually play Borderlands 2 at all at PAX, so <laughs> I played Dance Central 3. Yeah, you did. I have video of that. Yeah, and that's, the big stage. There are photos on the internet. Yes, there are photos on the internet. Thank you, Krista. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> So, Chris, what it looks you- like you met, like, everybody that ever made Mass Effect, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they didn't have a lot of the people that everybody goes for and looks for, which is, I mean, always going to be the voice actors. Um, I met Ali Hillis, who voiced Liara, um, and then they had uh, Jennifer Hale on Skype uh, because she was at some sort of thing. I think she was, like, in Australia. Um, she was amazing, by the way. Like, just even she was on just screen on Skype. And just, I've never seen her talk or really seen her interviews. I follow her on Twitter. And her, she, in person, like, she is just an intelligent and amazingly, like, strong, capable, um, brilliant woman. Like, I really enjoyed listening to her talk. She was awesome. And then Allie Hillis was just a really shy and sweet and adorable. Um, but aside from, yeah, the, the two voice actors that were actually at PAX, um, the whole dev team pretty much was there. So, yeah, I went in... Um, cosplay with Kate from um, Hold the Line and uh, we did the dress blues and I had a similar experience to Jess where I was walking around these amazing dress blues from Mass Effect 3 and for everybody that's going to like I, I this kept coming up when I ran into people um, for your information <laughs> Anderson wears those in all three games and Shepard wears them in every game Anytime you get yelled at by the council, you're usually in dress blues. Anytime that you talk to the council, you're usually in dress blues. After you save the universe in every game, you're usually in dress blues. They exist, they are real, and they are not Battlestar. 
I had people <laughs> coming up to me at a gaming convention and being like, hey, nice Battlestar uniform. And I was like, hey, way to know your nerdisms. Oh, <laughs> like, I, I got called, like, Battlestar. And, like, what it, people kept calling me at, like, Admiral and stuff. And it was like, like uh, I was, I don't know. Uh, that was really irritating. But we actually, okay, so I met um, the guy that made the design for the costume that I wore. Ooh. So, you okay. It. Yeah, so check it out. So this guy's name is Matt Rhodes. And he's one of the, I think he's an artist or, I don't think he's an art director. I think he's an artist. Um, oh, senior concept artist. Um, and so I was not familiar with him because I hadn't seen him at the Comic-Con. And I guess this was apparently his first uh, convention ever. Ooh. So this, like, this guy walks up to us, good-looking guy, like, really young. And he's just like, hey, I really like you guys' costumes. Like, what do you think of, like, the way that they fit? And Kate and I are like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, what do you think? Like, question. Yeah, he's like, what do you think of like the way that they fit? And like, are they comfortable? And like, do you do you like them? And we're just like, kind of looking Is at it for a second. pickup line. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I I actually designed those like in the game. And we're like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I de- I designed those costumes. So I was just wondering. I've never seen anybody cosplay them before. Like, what you thought of them? Are they comfortable? Are they realistic? What do you think of them? So we got to talk to the guy who designed the uh the costume in game for the cosplay we were wearing. That would be unreal. Yeah, and then we ended up getting um, we got a photo with the entire dev team mm-hmm. so we were talking we we're like it'd be so cool to get a picture like Kate's like we should get a picture with this person and this person and I was like we should get a picture with everybody and she was like well yeah if we could do that and I was like what why couldn't we because they're all sitting there like signing autographs but everyone's kind of done with autographs so we sort of wait until it clears out and we're like can we get a photo with all of you so okay you think that you're nerdy because you got a photo with somebody at a convention um yeah we got a photo with the entire development team for mass effect that was a pax it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) so do you recognize um, people, and that's how you know, like that a particular person works on a game. Or do you? How do you identify the obscure people on dev teams? It depends. Um, there are a bunch of people that I follow on Twitter. So Twitter, I sorry, Twitter, I haven't been on Twitter lately. Um, super busy. But there are a lot of people that I follow on Twitter, so I'm familiar with them from Twitter. Like Jessica Marison, she thinks that she, like she's adorable she thinks she's not famous like every time I talk to her like Kate was like oh you're so internet famous and she just makes this like adorable like no I'm not face (laughs) um so it's like the sort of thing well I mean if you look I don't I wish I knew off the top of my head like how many thousands of followers she has like people know you can look at people's twitter and people know who you are so like I follow um Chris Priestley and Jessica Marazan and Mike Gamble um there's also I'm not very good with names, but like those are some of the like top three that most people follow. But I follow a lot of the voice actors and a lot of the dev teams, so I know who they are. Um, a lot of people that are fans that don't follow on Twitter know people's names, but they don't know their faces. Mm-hmm. So they'll go to a panel and then they'll see who's on the panel and they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's that person. And then they'll like just recognize the name more than the face. There were definitely some people that I had like seen on Twitter or talked with before, and I didn't know what they looked like, but I recognized their name. So having their little name tags there um, helps. And then there were there's just always people where you're like, oh, like I had no idea that you were like I don't know the such and such producer for this, but that's kind of awesome. And they'll talk about things in the panel, and you'll never have heard their name before 
or seen their face, but they'll start talking about things in the game. And you're like, oh my gosh, I love that part. Or, oh, you were the person that was responsible for that. So, yeah, the dev team is, I think you can fly under the radar a little bit better. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're still pretty famous. Like, people were still flocked and had, had people around them the whole time. Nice. I'm trying to think of the, um, hang on. I'm going to find her name because she was actually in, uh, in Mass Effect and I want to see what the lady's name is. Claudia Black. I, I run into Claudia Black like everywhere and I never realized that she's in all these things and I'll see her and I'm like, Claudia Black. She's just I in know. everything. I met her at Comic-Con and she was like, I about died. She was just so famous. <laughs> she's so uh, so okay, many like, shows. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I mean, think we're all fairly like in the same boat here when it comes to age, and we're not going to have to talk about it. But um, um <laughs> good deal. I loved her in Farscape, yes. and so when I saw her, I was just like, I like your movies. Like Aaron soon. And she was just looking at me like, who is this really weird girl in this armor that cannot formulate words? And I was just like, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> I mean, I swear, she like, looks like, oh, God, she, this girl is kind of crazy. But I got so, I mean, she's been in everything. And the, the interesting thing with people uh, and Cla Claudia Black is, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I have no idea who that is. Yes, you do. Go to IMDb. Look up Claudia Black. You've played all of her games. You've seen all of her movies. You just don't know who she is by name. She's amazing. And I, I was a total moron when I met her. <laughs> you friend girl. Aren't, we all, yeah, aren't we all total morons when we meet people? <laughs> you apparently get like super starstruck. I don't know. <laughs> when I met Carrie Fisher, I didn't say <gasps> a fucking word. <laughs> oh, that I just stood there and stared at her and smiled. <laughs> I wanted to start reciting, like, Liz Lemon stuff from that 30 Rock episode, but <laughs> I was like, no, no, my experience with Brent Spiner was awful. I'm going to avoid that by just not saying anything. Okay, you have to tell me about it now. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of have, like, a 50-50 spread of good to bad experiences with meeting celebrities, so... <laughs> So I'm usually pretty cautious now. I just kind of go there. I'm like, hey, how's, how's it going? But with Carrie Fisher, I just didn't say a word. I was like, oh. And then, and then, and then my boyfriend was like, um, here, let me take your picture. And so she's like, okay. So she like grabbed onto me too. I was just like, oh my god, Carrie Fisher is touching. My <laughs> and <laughs> I still oh, yeah. didn't say anything. And I was just like, yeah. so I walk away, and she just yells at me, "Have a great day, Jessica." I was like. <laughs> she probably knew how freaked you were and thought it was That's funny. Amazing. She's a funny lady. It was a pleasant experience, so <laughs> yes. I think if I ever saw Joss Whedon, I would pass out. <laughs> right? Right? I know. <laughs> Just what was that sound? One more time. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I approve. I'll tell you Brent Spiner another day, but maybe I'll tell you now. I don't know. <laughs> See, when he's not in his data outfit, it's not the same. I'm sorry. <laughs> he not. kind of. I don't want to. I feel bad, like just saying it, but he's he's like he's like a really typical 
uh, egocentric actor when you when you meet him. Oh, really? Yeah, he, it was really you know they when you meet actors. I don't know how many of your listeners like go to cons where you know there's always like some Star Trek celebrity or whatever, and they have like a line miles long. I stood in his line for four hours. <sighs> And when I got there, he basically talked to me like, like I didn't belong there. My boyfriend at the time was working for Astro and they were part of the MLG gaming event that was going on at this con. And I was like, well, I'm getting this for the both of us because he's busy working. And he's like, right. Yeah. Where, where is he? He's right over there, but he can't come over here. And, you know, he was like lecturing me on relationship stuff because of that. Like, like, not a, oh, well, aren't you sweet for standing in line? It was the exact opposite. It was, it was like, it was the worst experience ever. It's like, okay, we don't know each other, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, and then how dare he go on about, like, he's like saying, like, do you even know who I am and all this? <laughs> it's like, yes, I Ew. grew up watching TNG. Thank you for making me feel stupid, blah, blah, blah. It was a really awful experience. So, and then at the end, he tried to sell me his, like, his own, uh, his music CD that he did. It was funny. I was like, really? Yeah, no. <laughs> You're a bad salesman. Bad, bad, bad. Yep. So yeah, that was uh that was my Brent Spiner experience in a nutshell. That's, <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. It made me wish that I had gotten in the line for Kate Mulgrew instead. <sighs> is there too. And I bet she was way cooler. <laughs> yeah. Well it was for him, he got his picture. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, back to PAX. <laughs> Derail everything. That's okay. So, Krista, what did you see at PAX, other than everybody on every dev team? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I didn't really go to panels. Um, I looked at panels, and I, I found one panel that I was like, oh, I absolutely must go to this. And then I went to the Notch Minecraft party the night before, and my panel was at 10 a.m., and at 10 a.m., I went, oh, hell no. And I went back to sleep. Um, so I literally did not go to a single panel. Um, did you go to PAX uh, Dev or something? Like I thought you yeah, had something Yeah, I did. I went to PAX Dev too. So I went to PAX Dev. So I went up on Wednesday morning, and PAX Dev started at like eleven on Wednesday or something, and I flew in at like ten thirty in the morning. So I went to PAX Dev on uh, what is it Wednesday, Thursday, and then um, and that was that was pretty cool, I guess. There were um, ah, I, I felt like the quality of the panels was I, I've heard that it's brand new it's only like a second or third year I think and that the panels have definitely increased and gotten better but there were still some I don't know I sat through one and I was like this is not at all as advertised this has nothing to do with what it says that this panel is about um, ah. but I went to one that was totally worth it um, and just made everything okay it was actually um to say Kachara from Penny Arcade their like publicist guy was doing a panel on um, the media and publicists and journalists and game devs. So, like, basically how you as a game dev should interact with journalists and how you should not be scared of them and how you can benefit from those relationships. And it was a really, really good panel. Um, and the rest of them I was just kind of meh about. But that panel, I honestly feel like what I learned from it uh, paid for my ticket. It was totally worth it. Uh, yeah. And then, 
I didn't go to panels for packs. Um, I wandered around like the the convention expo floor, and I went to all the Bioware panels. Um, and Bioware, the way that they set it up, every they had their own room, and every day they would do the same panels, and but they were like the same questions, but obviously there would be different conversations and it was very laid back. So I guess they were like, well, we'll have different conversations about this topic every day. So if you go every three days, like each of the three days, you would still have a totally different experience. So I, I only went once. I went to every panel that they had or like half the panels, I guess. They had a few that weren't relevant, like trying to get a job in the gaming industry. Like, oh, that's nice. Thanks. I'm already doing that. <laughs> um, yes. And then they had like an art portfolio review, I guess, where people would come in and have um, like the artists at Bioware review their portfolios, which is cool. But I didn't go to that. Again, not relevant. Um, and then let's see. What was I super excited about? I played the, um, the demo for Tomb Raider, which I'm not a Tomb Raider fan. I've never really played the Tomb Raider games. They're too puzzly for my taste usually. Um, and this one, like from what I've heard and read about it, the story and the the story really just doesn't appeal to me. Apparently, you're Laura Croft, and you're a, <laughs> really this really you're this really sad emo version of Laura Croft that looks like Rhinoa from Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, you're um, like you like Laura Croft as a young girl before she becomes badass, basically. Yeah, I mean, like you don't look. I mean, she's really pretty, but you don't really look like Laura Croft. I liked how they made her body type. Uh, she looks like a normal human now, which is nice, mm -hmm. and not some sort of Pam Flotation Anderson blow-up doll. Right. Yeah. Um, so she, but she looks, I mean, she's straight up, it's by Square Enix. No offense, Square, because I really like them, but she looks like Rhinoa. She looks <laughs> like any, like, brunette Final Fantasy character. Yeah. Um, she the whole demo, the whole freaking like twelve minute demo. She was like crying and shaking and like the weakest possible version of a human that you could portray, I guess. So I wasn't really digging that. Um, from what I've heard, you apparently wake up on some guy, some crazy guy's island where you're like some sort of like I don't, I don't even know how to say it without it sounding really awful. Like the description. Okay, I'm gonna put this in quotations so I don't feel bad for saying it. The description somebody gave me as to the the like storyline for this particular Laura Croft game is you wake up on some crazy guy's island as like a sex slave, and I was like, what? That sounds terrible. <laughs> the game controversy is on this yeah. game that you can play it and she can be assaulted in various ways if you don't play it a certain way. I've and heard that you get raped. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, they're, they're denying that it goes that far, but they are saying like that, you know, you, you want to feel that she's vulnerable and you want to identify with her and build some kind of rapport so they make her more human and weaker and then you're supposed to build her up so that she becomes like experienced by the end. But if you don't play it well, she can be assaulted is what they've said. I guess. I don't know. I felt she was a very weak looking character, the whole demo. Um, but the game itself, like the reason I'm, I want to play it is the game itself was really beautiful. Like the graphics, um, I, I remember saying like, this game does not seem like a game I would want to play, but it's so absolutely stunning that I want to play it. Um, let's see, what was that movie that James Cameron did that everybody liked? Avatar. Avatar. 
I remember thinking this is the dumbest storyline ever. It is Fern Gully meets um, Pocahontas. <laughs> like it's straight up not yeah, interesting whatsoever. Definitely. But it was so pretty that I had to go see it. And once I saw it, I thought, yeah, that was totally Pocahontas meets Fern Gully. But it was the most visually stunning movie I've ever seen. And I would watch it again because it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. And that's what I could say about the Tomb Raider game. Like I'm going to buy that game and play it because it's so pretty. Um, and then the other takeaway I had besides that game was ne- Neverwinter, the MMO. Yes. I had never even heard of Neverwinter. I went to the back. Me and Andrew worked there. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I had never heard of it. Um, but yeah, our friends work at Perfect World, so they had it at their booth. And then Dungeons and Dragons had their own booth, and they had it there. So I actually played it at the DDO booth, and it was amazing. Like, I just thought, like, oh, look, it's another MMO. And I played through the demo, and I was like, this is amazing. I have to have this. And I played a lot of other MMOs while I was there and thought, you know, this is average. This is good. This is actually a pretty decent game, but I wouldn't pick it over other MMOs that I have to play, like Guild Wars. Um, Neverwinter, I'm waiting for that. Like, I'm, I'm totally, like, sitting around waiting for that to come out. And I don't remember the last time I was that excited about an MMO. I'm excited about this too. I like all the Neverwinters and I understand this is different than Neverwinter Nights and all the expansions. It's totally different, but I love Neverwinter. So yes, that and XCOM. I'm excited. Genesee, you should send me your email address. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> For random reasons? Yeah. I want to send you emails. Okay. You know, you have what? my email address too, right? What? I do. <laughs> I email yeah, address I yours, duh. I don't have hers. <laughs> I don't have anything cool in my email yet. So we had lunch on Friday, okay? I know everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so creepy. <laughs> I love how you sing that. Thanks. I thought you'd enjoy that. I'm linking that to you for later reading because it's one of the funniest stories about Avatar I've ever seen. Uh, it's on IHO Geek's page. It's called the, Av- the Navi Are Assholes. And basically, it's just a story about how they feel like the Navi are really xenophobic and they're supposed to be like this tree-hugging, like accepting race, and yet they try to kill everyone like on site. <laughs> it's just a really funny diatribe. Oh, nice. There you go. So, Josie, I want to know... Well, PAX was going on. It was like the most exciting thing that you heard about. <sighs> well, I tried to listen to the gaming news and what things were coming out, and mostly it was like Wii U stuff. And I don't know, I don't know what were the what were the announcements at PAX that you f- thought were the coolest? Like, did you hear them actually at PAX, or is it something you had to read the news from later? Well, it, it all spreads word of mouth pretty quickly. Like next year's PAX will be four days, that sort of stuff. Um, gosh, I don't even, you know, now that I think about it, I don't remember hearing any, like, nifty gaming news while yeah, I was On Company of Heroes, too, there was some of that. Um, Dishonored had a preview, I think. Oh, I played that. I played that beta. Did you? Was it fun? Or not beta. I played the demo. It was, um, yeah, it was interesting. So, it seemed, uh... Mechanic-wise, it it looks. I mean, it's by Bethesda, so it looked like Skyrim in that like same type of generally genre graphic. You had like your hands in front of you. Okay. I felt I felt it was very like Morrowind or very Skyrim-esque. Um, 
like that's all mechanical. The storyline seemed really different and really unique, and there were really interesting powers and things. Um, but just not my kind of game. I, I, I can't really pinpoint it, and I've talked to other people who played the demo, and it kind of feels like they had the same thing to say. Like, it was it was definitely unique, and they had something going on. They sort of had like a Bioshocky Fallout sort of post-apocalyptic, but had a twist on it. Um, it, it had a cool idea behind it, but there was just, it was like, this seems unique and cool, but I can't pinpoint why I'm not really that excited to play it. Okay. Um, I had fun doing it, but by the time the demo was over, I was kind of bored. Oh. Um, I did my demo in the best way ever. It was amazing. So this is like, uh, this is one of the most hilarious things that I, I found at PAX, which probably to other people is not that funny. You have a power or you can summon rats. So okay. apparently, like, apparently they explained it, and I don't remember well enough to translate it very well, but um, I know it's one of those games where you can... Um, the way that you play your game will actually affect the environment around you. So you can play the entire game, I think they said, without ever killing a person. Or you can kill, like, everyone. When I played my demo, I hack and slashed every <laughs> single person I came across. Um... And basically, it had something to do with, like, a plague, and the rats would carry this plague or this virus or something. And so, um, it, but the, that would come from, the rats would feed on the dead bodies. So the more people you kill, the more this like, plague or whatever it is is rampant. And the environment, the actual environment changes and becomes more hostile, and everything is darker, and the people that you meet are colder and crueler. And so um, that was the one thing that sounded really intriguing to me. You can play the game in completely separate ways and get not only like a different outcome but the entire environment in which the game progresses upon changes and can be different which I thought was cool so you have this power where you can summon rats and so basically you just kind of hold out your hand and like like flick your wrist upwards and these rats like come out of this black hole in the ground like you create it and then you can possess the rat so there's like an electric fence and you can't figure out how to get across it. You can summon the rats, you can possess a rat, and then you're not just going as a rat and then coming back to your body. Your body actually disappears and you're in the rat, so you can... Ooh, appear on the side. Yeah, so you stop possessing the rat and you're wherever the rat was standing, so you can get across like, the gate. Um, so I go and I... Apparently I'm trying to find some guy. I don't even know why I'm trying to find this guy in the demo, but they're like, go get this guy, and I'm like, okay, so I go to this guy. And I and I see this like creepy looking dude, and I guess you're supposed to like peek through the keyhole and like formulate an attack. People that know me know that I'm not really yeah no I just like bust down the door, <laughs> shoot the guy in the head, and I go to pick him up, and then I'm like it says like you're supposed to deliver him to someone, and I'm thinking how am I so you want me to deliver this dead guy? Like, I just shot this guy through the head. Like, this guy is not... I don't understand. I'm pretty sure... He was a hostage. I think that I glitched the game. I'm pretty convinced, after listening and watching other people play, I don't think you're supposed to, nor are you allowed to kill this guy. Oh. I think I should have game-overed when I killed him. Um, but for some reason, I didn't. So you have to, like, pick him up and carry him and, like, carry on and do things. Well, so the next task it wants me to do, it's like, oh, go down this elevator. I'm like, okay. And then it's like, oh, no, there's no gas in the elevator. Go find gasoline. And I'm like, no. You know what? I'm bored. I'm bored of this. I don't want to do these puzzles anymore. I just want to shoot some more people. <laughs> so I drop the guy, and I'm like, how do I get back? I, You know what? I'll take him back to that, that fence that I was on. I'll put him down. I'll, like, go to the other side as a rat. And then I'll get him. 
And I don't know, like, I thought it through about two-thirds of the way, but then I didn't realize, like, that plan wouldn't work, and you had to go get the gasoline. So I'm on one side of the fence, and the guy is on the other side, and I think, oh, you know what? No, I can't. I can't do this. This isn't going to work. So I go like summon the rats to possess them to like switch sides. Again. And I, I hear this hideous sound. Like this like nasty like food sound almost. Like I don't know. Like someone's stacking their food. And what is that sound? Oh no. Oh no. And the rats, the rats are, are eating, eating the dead body. And I'm like oh I need that guy. And then <laughs> game, game over. And I'm like oh that was amazing. I <laughs> Oh. And the target, and I got game over. And I found this to be the most amusing thing. It was awesome. I get the best game over ever. <laughs> I started eating rats, and they ate some hostage dude that I was supposed to be carrying. <sighs> it was awesome. Mm. So, nom noms. Yeah, um, uh, not for me, but a really cool game, I think. I think people are going to like Okay. Did either of you get to play Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes? I don't know if it was out or just announced. No, I I did see their booth, but I believe our friend Justin... um, You should probably have Justin on here sometime. But, um... Yeah, I think he, he, like, was talking about that on our little group text and thing. I don't know if they actually had it to play, though, but... Yeah, I know they got he got in, but I don't know if it was yeah. like Assassin's Creed where you just got to see like someone play, or if you got to see a video or not. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say about PAX? We're getting close to wrapping up here for the recorded portion. PAX is awesome. Yes. Now, you can only buy the tickets for one day, and it's a magic day. How do you know when this magic day occurs? Oh, well, it, it used to be that it took, like, a whole month for the tickets to sell out. But now that it's way more popular, who knows? They usually announce, they'll usually say, like, on Twitter, way, like, a couple days before, you know, tickets are going to be on sale. So I don't know if they're going to change the way they announce that for this next year, because people are going to, like, break the system. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible this year. Oh, yeah. It was sad. <laughs> well, I've been tentatively told that I'm probably going to PAX and Gen Con next year, so if that's the case, I definitely want to meet up. It'll be so fun. Yes. Awesome. Oh cool. Yes. All right. Well, Abe. Only wear your elf ears. <laughs> I will wear my elf ears. Thank you. <laughs> I, I've been working on, like, what I want to cosplay, and I'm kind of stuck between Rainbow Dash from My Little Pony and some other characters, so I have to decide but before I come. I have some Rainbow Dash pieces. If you are looking for things, you should email me and I'll send you photos. And if you like any of them, Ooh. I never really got my costume put together. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good like, idea. I have some boots. I have the, what are the, Rainbow Moon boots. They're okay. amazing. I haven't even got to the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that I'm ever going to follow through with my, my Rainbow Dash cosplay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, a big thank you to Krista. You can find her on Twitter at Kitten, K-I-H-T-E-N. And you can find Jessica at Jessica, J-E-S-K-A, I believe. And uh, Girl Girl Trouble Time. Mega Jessica. What was that? Mega Jessica. Mega Jessica. Because there is a Jessica. I was looking at that. But then every time I get your tweets, they just kind of say Jessica. So I wasn't sure if you were both or just one. Mega Jessica? I'm Mega Jessica. Mega yes. Jessica. Okay. Like Will I Am would say it. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> at girlgirltroubletime.com, is it? Yes. And you will let us know when the first season comes out. Do you have a guess? I'm guessing the beginning of November. Okay, so soon, see? That's a guess. Yeah, it's soon. And do not forget, this podcast is entirely funded by listener support. This means you. So if you would like to do so, please go to Genesee.com and you can click the buttons on the right-hand side of the page. They are divided into areas um, $5, $10, $20, and you can choose your own amount as well. So I really appreciate anyone who does fund the podcast. Uh, also, if you'd like to leave an iTunes review, you can click the stars or write an actual worded review, which is always appreciated. And uh, if you like the show, I encourage you to do that. So thank you for listening. And if you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Great Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Great Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any great areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email your questions, advice, or suggestions genesegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to signalsmedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?